Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hey everybody, welcome back to one of the most awesome podcasts in the entire world, Single to Sealed, hashtag S2S. We're so excited to be back here today with you guys. We have some exciting guests with us today, and we are going to introduce them now. So we have Ashley Rose Reeves and Justin Reeves, and they are going to speak with us today about, like you saw in the title, about body love and self-love when it comes to dating and relationships. Now to kind of introduce Ashley and Justin here, we're going to read a quick bio. Ashley Reeves is a body positive mother, entrepreneur, and speaker who has spent the last decade building better body image and empowering others to do the same. She lives with her husband, Justin, and four small, yet incredibly loud, children in Utah. They love being outdoors, watching movies, creating spreadsheets to keep track of everyone's schedules, and have a Sasquatch statue in their front yard. Her husband is an avid Bigfoot believer and works as a vice principal at Lone Peak High School, helping teens stay in school and be cool. Ashley works as a full-time social media influencer at Ashley Rose Reeves and an entrepreneur running multiple online businesses. Together, they have a dream of building a cabin far away in the mountains that they can frequently escape to when they need a break from Wi-Fi. Online, Ashley loves to share about body love, sisterhood, self-acceptance, and ways to find more peace in the midst of a busy life. She feels so lucky to be surrounded by a community of hundreds of thousands of beautiful humans that she loves interacting with. That's a super awesome bio. And Ashley, we're super excited to have you with us as well as your husband, Justin. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add to that introduction? <laughs> I'd like to learn more about the Sasquatch, actually. It's, it's yeah. actually, it's two Sasquatch statues. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of a long-standing joke, but it was it was funny when we put them up, so I, I left it there. And sometimes we decorate them with little, we put little Santa hats on them and stuff for Christmas and Fourth of July hats and dress them up during the year. Are they identical? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so what started the interest in Sasquatch? I mean, he's been interested in Sasquatch forever. Oh, yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. I, You know what? Growing up, I loved the X-Files and stuff like that. And so anytime I'd watch a show, like, maybe there's monsters in the woods. I'm like, well, maybe there is. And so I'd watch and I loved it. And then he got the Sasquatch statue from, like, an art teacher at the high school that he was teaching at, they were just going to toss it. So he brought it home and he was so excited. And then our son accidentally broke it. And I was like, Oh dang, oh, no. that's too bad. And then he was like, no worries. <laughs> I bought another one online. <laughs> so then we ended up finding glue to fix the other arm. And anyways, so now we have two broken arm Sasquatch statues. So it's, <laughs> it's okay. So together they make one. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a little family. I always used to love those messing with Sasquatch commercials. Yeah. Those are awesome. I love <laughs> what, those. Those what are pretty funny. What was that funny. for? Was that uh, for it, was, it was jerky. jerky. It was some kind of beef yeah. jerky. I've never seen that. I'll have to look them up after this. Messing with yeah, they're Sasquatch. classic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that clarification on your love for the Sasquatch. Maybe there are more than one. Well, if you were going to find them, like, I need you to get out there and be the one to do it. I feel like no one else should do that. <laughs> I always have my right. camera ready. 
Hopefully not a Nokia phone. I feel like all the all the Sasquatch photos are Nokia phones or something, <laughs> something super sketch and blurry. So yeah, phones it's definitely since. hard. It's definitely hard to <laughs> know if any of the photos are real. But Justin has spent a long time researching it for sure. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go ahead and get into our topic today. Ashley, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you want to talk about? Yeah. So I mean. I was just telling um, Brianna and Jerry that I haven't done podcasts in a while because I've been sick and I'm recovering from like a meningitis disaster. Um, but I thought this topic sounded really interesting and I thought it would be fun to do a podcast with Justin because I think he's fun to talk to and I'm like, the world deserves to hear more from Justin. But um, specifically, you guys had emailed me and asked me about how body image affects dating. And it is such a huge part of our story um, and like even, and I, I could go more into this later, but even I almost didn't marry Justin because of body image issues. And so, and I feel like Justin's been really a really fantastic partner for me in this whole struggle throughout our entire, you know, married life until honestly the last six or seven years, I just had a lot of insecurity and still I'm a human. I still have days of frustration. It's something I'm working through every day, but he's been really supportive throughout all. And I feel like we could probably talk to um, our experiences and the things that have helped us and how we've like overcome some things. And also I feel like I have a different perspective now that I am in like a healthy, loving relationship. Um, I have a different perspective now that I kind of wish I knew when I was dating, you know? Definitely. So we would love to hear kind of the start of your relationship, kind of starting from the beginning, you know, how, how was it that you almost walked away from him? Where did, where did things start and how did they move forward? Yeah, well, um, I guess I'll share my, what I remember and then Justin could kind of share what he remembers, but Justin and I were friends first. We met through a friend of mine from high school that was roommates with Justin and we had the same group of friends up at college at Utah state. And I always thought Justin was so much fun and we got along really well and I remember talking to him often and just, I mean, it was effortless conversation. We always had stuff to talk about. We always laughed like he was great. But I also just remember from the minute I met him thinking like, well, I'm bigger than he is. So there's no way this is ever going anywhere. Just like automatically closing that door. Like, I, I mean, I think at the time I maybe weighed like 20 pounds more than him or something. I don't even know, but I could just tell by comparison because I'd spent my whole life comparing my... I'm six feet tall for everyone on the podcast listening. I'm a big girl. I'm six feet tall. And I just automatically eliminated 90% of the dudes I ever hung out with because if they weren't bigger than me, I didn't want to like sign up for the insecurity issues that I would have. So anyways, um, I met Justin and I just kind of had decided early on in meeting him that that wasn't ever an option of someone I would date because of the size comparison. Um, so Justin and I were friends for about a year and a half. And I remember I was even dating other people and Justin and I would go on dates, like double dates where he'd be with another girl and I'd be with some other guy and we would just talk to each other <laughs> the whole time. And so, um, the first summer that I remember, like Justin was still living up in Logan and I had moved home, but we were still friends and we were talking a lot. And I think we were talking every day. And then I remember I all of a sudden realized it had been like a week since I'd heard from him and I was so sad. And I remember thinking like, 
I really miss talking to him like more than like a friend even, but, mm-hmm. um, and I also was kind of like, why did he stop calling? Like, I kind of was like noticing I was starting to like act differently. And I later found out, um, you know, he didn't talk to me for a week because he was on this camping trip. He goes on with his family every year. And, but I had just like had the story in my head that, you know, he was done with me. didn't want to talk to me, but mm-hmm. after he got back from that camping trip, I did kind of start thinking about him more like in an interested way, but also really, really held myself back because I just assumed, well, I don't look a certain way. So he must not be interested, even though he was technically showing a lot of interest. Right, Justin? (laughs) So, you know, in college, I had a lot of friends and Ashley was in this group of friends of ours. And I remember we, uh, so my my roommate who had kind of introduced us, there was a group of us who started watching this TV show on DVD called the OC and we'd hang out and watch. We had the, the whole first season and we tried to finish it in like a week and that was finals week. So instead of studying for finals, I watched this really stupid Fox show about teenagers. And then, uh, <laughs> and then because I did that, I failed my stats class. And so the next fall I had to retake stats and she was in my class and she had moved into the apartment complex that I lived in. So we would do homework together and go to class together. Uh, but I remember specifically, um, it's like one of those things where she was a friend and I always saw her as a friend and, and you know, we had kind of flirted with, you know, different feelings. But one night when I had just moved into that new apartment, she came and she knocked on my window and said, hey, um, we're going to this party thing. And I had to set up my computer that night. So I said, well, I can't go with you, but I'll, I'll come see you later. She said, okay. And she left. And I remember when she left, I started working on my computer. And then I noticed like five minutes later, I'm like, why does my face feel weird? And I realized I'd been smiling for five minutes that she'd come to my window and I hadn't stopped Aww. smiling. And then I was like, Oh, there's feelings afoot. And, and so, <laughs> feelings for, afoot. And, and the thing is like, you always, you know, I was always like, Oh, you're going to marry your best friend. I'm like, okay. But like, Ashley was like my best friend. And I was like, well, gee, maybe we sh- I should pursue this. And <laughs> I mean, it, it, she made it really easy. And, and it's funny, like to her talking about her body image, it's just, cause that was like never an issue for me. Like, I never look at her as someone who struggled with weight. You have to understand also that I was a, I'm six foot three and I weighed like a buck 55. So I was a bean pole. So any, like anybody of any size was going to be bigger than me. Um, now, when we first got married, she worked at the Olive Garden and that quickly made me catch up and surpass. But she's, you know, it, it was never about that for me. And it's funny hearing it from her side of the, her point of view, because I, I just never saw that. I just, I was a photographer. I took pictures of her, put them up on my wall and I, she's the prettiest thing in the world to me. So it it just, it never occurred to me, which is so weird that that was where her, her take was on that. And that's one of the things that I think I wish more girls knew, like single girls understood is it really was this huge narrative I had told in my head and it wasn't something that had even crossed his mind. Like I, and it was something that I carried with me the whole time we were friends, the whole time we were dating. And even when we were dating, I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm going to date him, but I'm not going to marry him. Cause I'm, I would never marry someone that's like, that I'm bigger than or whatever. And I, and then we did get engaged and I even just was like this. And my biggest thing is I just kept thinking like, I'm signing up for a lifetime of insecurity. If I marry someone I feel like I'm going to constantly be monitoring myself to their body size and just feeling like that was going to be a lifetime of insecurity. And I didn't want that. And I just, it's just so interesting. I really, really did think like, 
you know, he was my best friend. He had treated me so kindly and was so good to me and never said or did anything that made me feel insecure. It was just this huge story I'd made up in my head. And I really did almost not marry him because of it. And it's crazy to look at our lives now and, you know, nothing's perfect, but we have a really beautiful life and a beautiful family and a really good relationship together. And it's really crazy to think I would have missed out on all of that because I felt fat and it's just so stupid. And so, um, and I still remember, you know, that was like back in the time when Jess and I were dating and I think we were even engaged at this point, but we, um, I had actually just lost some weight kind of recently before I met him. And this was before Facebook because we're old, you know, I'm like 37 and he's 39. So this is like way back in like the dinosaur age. And there wasn't Facebook or pictures of me on the internet anywhere. Um, So there was no reason for him to know that I had been even heavier before. And I just was never going to tell him. And then because I just didn't want him to know. And I think I had this fear, like if he knew what I used to look like and, you know, could potentially look like again, he'd, he'd break up with me for sure. And so we went to my friend's house from high school. I was just taking him to come meet some, meet up with some of my friends from high school. And my friend, Emily was like, you guys, I found all these old pictures. And she brought out all these pictures of us in high school, which is when I was like my heaviest. And I just remember her like throwing these pictures across the table and me just like hot, sweats like oh my gosh he's gonna see those pictures of me and like it made total sense in my head that he was breaking up with me for sure that night and like he's seen the pictures this is the end like you know just I have really made this holding up in my head about how he couldn't possibly be interested by seeing a picture of me where I was more overweight and so I really had convinced myself it was over and I was so sad and like it's just so funny because we were walking out to the car we were leaving that night and he was like holding my hand and I was like, oh, he's just trying to let me down nicely. Like, this is, this is going to be rough. And he just was like, just so you know, I think Chubby Ashley is really cute too. And it was like this, the funniest, silliest little comment that was so nice. And it just made me be like, oh my gosh, he really doesn't care. And I just felt like this huge sense of relief. And it's just crazy how I really had convinced myself throughout the night that like we were breaking off our engagement and that we were done. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that really helped me shake out my, in my mind at least like, okay, I'm marrying someone who loves me no matter what I look like and this is going to be okay. And that kind of gave me the confidence to commit to like a marriage with someone you know that like I had really kind of been getting really anxious about so um that was how it played in the beginning of our relationship for sure and then it's just and what's funny is Justin doesn't don't you even I think he even told me once he doesn't even remember that conversation or something no no I I remember that conversation because I remember that night you look you look kind of like nervous and kind of horrified I could tell you were not happy but at the time like that was I believe we were were we were we engaged at that point or was it right before that? I can't but remember. Either way, at that point, that's when like I was having like spiritual promptings that like this was this was it and I'd found the the person I wanted to spend my life with and this was gonna be a good union. And um did I say union? That doesn't sound anyway. <laughs> um, it was gonna be a good team. And uh and at that point I was I was less worried about pictures of you from four years earlier than I was like the, the way you made me feel at the time and and like the spiritual promptings I had that this was the right thing and how happy you made me. So 
I, I never, like, I, I, again, I don't understand how you would look at it. You were so horrified. That's what you looked like in high school. But I'm like, but I mean, I would have loved to hang out with you in high school. But we, we were good at the time. So it's just so weird for her, again, for her to be so concerned with it. But for me, it was not a concern. I was just happy as a clam that I had a pretty girl to hold hands with at all. So that was good. It's, it's interesting that it's not uncommon for us to think of all these things in our heads that other people are thinking about us like without them ever actually saying something like that like it happens yeah. all the time even in my, even in my relationship with Brianna like I'll say one thing and she'll get super upset and then I'm like what the heck she goes you were thinking this and you were doing this and I was like what like I, how do you know what I was thinking or what what I was saying like that that doesn't even make any exposing sense exposing me right now yeah she's like She's like, yeah, I, I do know. I do know what you meant. Yeah, I do know what you're thinking. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> it's something like that. Like it, we can easily self-sabotage like by yeah. trying to insert our own like thoughts and feelings about ourselves onto other people. Also as a means to make ourselves feel better or as sometimes mm-hmm. it can be our demise, like as you experienced on your own. Yeah, it was a really good reminder at the time that I was going to commit to this relationship and this marriage with someone who I felt um, really did love me regardless of what I looked like. And I kind of needed that reassurance. I throughout, you know, I'd say the next five or six years of our marriage when, you know, I started having children, which just wreaks havoc on your body. And I just felt like a shapeshifter, you know, I would like gain all this weight with babies. There was just a lot of expanding going on Mm -hmm. and like really, and I'm just, I mean, Justin's not perfect, but I really do believe he handled all of my body changes perfectly. Like he never made negative comments about the way I looked. And he only complimented me and told me how grateful he was for me. And like, I, it was, it was really easy to be married and to have, I did still have very damaging Uh, body image for sure. And going through the pregnancies really was doing a number on me, but he was always so supportive. And so that was one thing that I was grateful for. So I guess I would say to your audience that may be listening and maybe single. And um, I have a couple sisters who are still not married and they're in their late twenties, early thirties actually. And even in conversations I have with them, I hear them opt themselves out as romantic possibilities with people and where even my sister just last week she was like yeah he he's really nice but I can just tell I'm not his type and it's someone she spent a lot of time with and I was like I just don't think that's true I think often like us bigger girls we just assume because we have our own insecurities we assume that other people wouldn't be attracted to us or want or have be interested in us and I just wonder how many opportunities we've missed out on because we just, we just assume so much because that's almost exactly what happened with me and Justin. I was making a lot of assumptions and I'm glad there was opportunity for me to see a different side and even like get some confirmation that everything was going to be okay. But I see that happening a lot with my sisters that are still single is like women just opt out. And I think now knowing what I know now, I honestly believe the thing that matters most is confidence. And I think that is what is most attractive to people who are looking for someone to date. They want to, they want to know that someone's like confident in themselves and just whether it doesn't mean you have to think you're like 
the most amazing drop dead, gorgeous supermodel on the planet, but just carrying yourself well. And I think we also get so tied up in what we physically look like when it actually has nothing to do with the kind of person we are on the inside. And I think, you know, how lucky we are that we, especially in the church, that we know our spirits are just eternal and that the way that we act and treat people and the way that we, I don't know, I just think about how much more important the stuff on the inside is. And we spend so much time stressing about the outside. And, you know, you want to take good care of your body, but I just think we spend so much unnecessary time shaming and hating our body and feeling like we have to change it before we're worthy of love and acceptance and whatever. Um, when in reality, like our bodies are amazing gifts. And I feel, um, really fortunate that when I, I got, I had kind of had a trifecta of things happen that really helped me change my body image. One of them was I got, I had three boys, which are so much fun all in a row, but I got pregnant with a little girl and I became like very aware of the way, how early I thought negatively about my appearance. And I just was like, how am I going to break the cycle for my daughter? Like it was something, I don't know why I didn't have that approach with my boys, but I was really worried about having a girl and feeling like I didn't want her to have the doubts that I had about myself that started, I have memories as early as eight years old thinking I was too fat and all this stuff. It's just crazy. That happened. And then we had um, a family friend that got diagnosed with cancer. And I, I've shared this on my Instagram a lot, but there was um, that whole experience really helped me appreciate my body because here I was with an able body um, that wasn't sick, that was, yes, you know, kind of overweight, but for all purposes, I was able to carry on with my life and take care of my kids and have babies. And I saw this woman that we knew like dying and she was, you know, stage four. And I just had this visual of her standing in front of a bunch of women with body and security issues. Like when you go in any group of women, you cannot enter a group conversation where some woman isn't shaming her body, either the way she eats or the way she looks or her pores or her Botox or whatever, like that women just love to shame themselves, especially with each other. And so I just imagine this woman that was, you know, in the last days of her life, seeing these women complain about their bodies and just being like, I'll switch places. Like I'll take the overweight body with, you know, I'll take the person that can't walk. I'll even take the person that can't have children. Like I'll take a body if it keeps me here. And there was something about this perspective shift where I was like, I just really, we really have no idea how long we have here. And if you have a body right now that's breathing today and is allowing you to live a life with people you love, that's such a gift. And um, I also, Justin, I don't know if Justin remembers this, but Justin also yelled at me once. <laughs> this is all around the same, honestly, within a couple of weeks of like me having the daughter, our friend having cancer. And I was complaining about getting fat while I was pregnant again. I was like, I'm just gaining weight and da, da, da. And I just said, I'm just so fat. And Justin, who doesn't yell at me like ever, he like yelled. He's like, stop calling my wife fat. And I got, I was like, oh, <laughs> like he got, <laughs> he got really upset. And I hadn't really seen that side of him. And I was like, I broke him. I broke the, <laughs> I broke the nice guy. Like he because he was always so supportive, I was very vocal with him about all my frustrations for years. And I was constantly complaining about my body size and blah, 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 blah. Like the messy, constant negativity that lived in my brain 
it was so easy to like vomit it all over Justin all the time because he was close and he was Mm -hmm. someone that cared about me and it was easy for me to complain to him and I and then I broke him and he got really tired um I do remember that (laughs) so I don't know Justin maybe you could speak a little bit to like what it's like being with someone that's constantly talking poorly about themselves well here's the sad thing is so when we were dating, actually, there's there's no Facebook. I mean, the, the most you could do is scroll for people on MySpace, which was a thing. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, I you you kind of have talked yourself down and was kind of harder on yourself. I was never hard on you because I I didn't want to make make you feel bad or say anything because it never really bothered me. Like weight issues or anything never bothered me. I think um, from when we dated, we got to know each other. And as I fell in love with you, um, you become the person you fall in love with. This is going to sound cheesy, but the person you fall in love with becomes the most beautiful woman in the world, right? So I'm dating you, and I'm sure if I want to be like, let's nitpick little flaws here and there. No, because I fell in love with you, you're the most beautiful girl in the world, and then I'm happy as a clam. I'm married. I'm happy. I think today, um, you know, you beat yourself up, but I think today, hopefully guys aren't beating girls up as far as, uh, not physically, but, well, physically, but like with, with with dating now it's it's swipe left swipe right it's like a big like digital menu and, and girls get really worried because it's not so much that you get to know people now and they decide to take you out like i got to know you really well in college and I'm like i don't i i enjoy being around this person i want to date them i think a lot of dating now comes from well i'm going to swipe this way or swipe that way so it's based on initially just on appearances i think girls get really self-conscious about that and i'm hoping that that young men out there who are are young men middle eight winner men aren't out there, you know, making women feel bad about their looks because I think it does a lot of damage when they're, you know, I'm going to swipe left just because the way someone looks like getting to know, know people in the real world is awesome. I feel so bad as a, I work an assistant principal and I see the things that the, with kids and their cell phones, it's, they, they don't, they don't communicate very well anymore. They don't get to know people. It's really easy to say inappropriate things to people and, and just be kind of shallow when you're just talking to a phone, you're not talking face to face. and like Ashley and I, we talked face to face a lot, even though we had instant messenger back then, we talked for hours on that. But, but, but now kids say they, they don't have that connection uh, with people like they used to. I think it's more of like a, a digital connection. They're falling in love with this digital avatar and they just want to have this pretty picture and then say what they want online. And it doesn't go anywhere. It really, I think it really demeans uh, a, a woman's self-worth. And uh, I, I don't know how to c- combat that because that's just the world we live in now. It's so digital, especially with this COVID thing. Everyone's online digital and, and dating is probably a little different but i mean guys got to be careful you, you're you got to make girls feel as beautiful as they are and i think every every woman's beautiful in their own in their own way uh, but it's never a good idea to you know talk down to them and say hey you look great but what if you did this i have known some cases of guys who said yeah i was dating this girl and i told her she should change this and then it caused issues i'm like well yeah dude that's not a good idea <laughs> yeah. but like with ashley i like i said as i fell in love with her as a person as she was my best friend then she becomes the most beautiful woman in the world to you. And that's that was like when I knew I'm like, oh look, she's the most beautiful girl in the world to me. And that 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 means I'm I'm where I need to be emotionally uh, to be with her. Yeah, cultural norms and ideas are such a big deal. It's it's crazy because going back to what Ashley was saying about, you know, sisters and and saying, I think this guy isn't gonna want to date me because of my size, you know, a lot of things like that comes from that digital age that we're in and Mm -hmm. we live in a world and i say this brianna all the time how upset it makes me that we live in a world week to week based on the next trend 
Like, mm-hmm. if you don't do this trend, then people try to make you feel like like you're missing out. And so it's crazy because I've never downloaded TikTok and people mm-hmm. give me flack about it all the time. How have you not downloaded TikTok, bro? I'm just like, because I don't care about what people are doing on TikTok, but everyone else does. Everyone yeah. else does. Every week, something new is changing. And you know who the popular people are on TikTok? It's those thin girls with all the makeups and <laughs> pushing their boobs up and crop tops, you know, like and fitting a what is it like a hairband around their waist is one of the new trends that they're trying to do, I think. Gross. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And these people that gain this this popularity, this is this is what social media and the people who are the king of social media is trying to grind into you as this is the type of person you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly doing that with ourselves and saying, oh, man, I don't I don't look like that person or, you know, not thinking that that person took that same profile picture 87 times to make sure that that picture looked that way. You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's so much involved in that of how we shape ourselves in our day to day life because yeah. we we have to look and be a certain way and present ourselves a certain way on social media to feel accepted. I think I think when people are looking for what happiness is now, um, I am completely 100% happy. Ashley sometimes has, she weighs more than she wants to sometimes. And sometimes my hairline is retreating a little bit. But you know what? I, I'm not worried about it because we're happy together. But I, I see people are trying to obtain this like perfect filtered makeup, wear the headband around the waisting, and they spend so much time doing that. I think they kind of lose the focus of falling in love and being a couple is that's, it, it seems to be kind of, it becomes more of like a, a show thing. They're trying to keep up with the Joneses and while they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, my wife and I in our minivan or four kids and our dog are just happy as a clam because we're not so worried about that. And that's the same people who are making fun of that crowd. Like it's mm-hmm. not cool to have the family and to have, and to have the minivan. It's cool to, to be hip and in the now and have no kids, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, they've, they've, they've I, never driven a minivan then because those are, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I just think that like there, it's hard. It's always hard, right? How you guys said you've been married four years. Yes. How long, how did you guys meet? So we met at the MTC. <laughs> Jerry oh, yeah, was working yeah. as a security oh, guard yes. and, and I showed up with a friend and I asked him out basically. Okay. So yeah, I think that the thing that is tricky is like taking our experience, your experience, like different people's stories and trying to see how that fits. Right. Because it is harder. I think now for people to meet people in real life, I mean, with COVID and the churches being shut down and like all this stuff, I don't even, I'm talking to my single sisters. I'm like, yeah, how do you even date right now? Do you go with masks and you can't like, like, what do you even do? Right. So Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I know though. I think that there are basic levels of self-worth and confidence that sometimes get shattered in the dating world where we're maybe we do put ourselves out there and it isn't reciprocated. That happens a lot. You know, I think it's that you kind of need to pull when you are single, you need to separate your worth from all of that, whether it's your appearance, whether it's that you got dumped by someone you thought was really great. It really doesn't affect your worth as a human being. But I think often, especially with women, we get them muddled up together. And we think, okay, if I gain some weight, I'm not going to like, no one's going to find value in me. I'm not worthy. I'm not whatever. If so-and-so breaks up with me, I must be a horrible person. I must be disgusting. Like no one would ever want to be with me. We just assume a lot. Right. And so I Mm -hmm. think like, and even, and even with my own journey and finding love for my body and so much gratitude, 
was separating my worth from my appearance. And so I think about that from a single girl's perspective. Okay, the first and most important thing is that how people respond to you or date you or whatever has actually nothing to do with your worth. Your worth is a, a your worth is eternal, right? It's a blessing that I believe Heavenly Father sends us down here with our worth already given. It's infinite. Everyone has the same amount. No one has more. Like we have just as much worth as like Mother Teresa or Kim Kardashian. Like Heavenly Father sends us with our worth here, right? And there's nothing that we need to do to earn more of it. And there's nothing that we can do that takes it away. Even like horrible mistakes we might make in our life, like it doesn't take our worth away. That's like this beautiful, like infinite gift that we get. And we often let it, we often think that it is like on some ranking system based on what we look like or act like or what we've accomplished in life or who we've dated or how many people we've dated. But really like, just trying to like dig down to bare basics, knowing your worth and knowing your value and carrying that confidence with you into any interaction you have dating or not. Knowing that when you go date with someone, like I am an incredible person, I have tons of value and whether you are interested in me or not has nothing to do with my worth. It The only thing we're going to find out here is like if we're a good fit and maybe we are great, but even if we're not, it's not because I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. It's because this situation, like this combination isn't what's meant to be. And that's okay. And cause I just think about how much time, even me, and I got married when I was 22, which is like, it, I felt so old. Cause I'd like gotten through college without getting married. And it's so funny looking back where I'm like, I wasn't old at all, but even at 22, how much time did I sit in shame when I'd be like turned down by someone or like, you know, when someone breaks up with me, I would just sit there and be like, Oh, I'm disgusting. I'm horrible. Like how I wasted so much time in that place. But when you kind of envision like your worth and your value as a human in this beautiful protective bubble, and you kind of like put this imaginary bubble around yourself into any interaction you have with someone on a date or someone you're interested in someone at a gathering that you're just wanting to go talk to, whether it goes good or not, you can walk away from that interaction knowing, hey, that had nothing to do with me. If it goes great, awesome. It's not like, oh, I did all the things I needed. Now I am worthy of love. Everyone is worthy of love. Everyone is worthy of companionship. Everyone is worthy of someone caring about them. Everyone is worthy to be respected. And I think we just spend a lot of time in that shame place where we like hate ourselves into feeling bad enough that we have to be better. And I just think like, but when I really think about the core of like, especially the people that listen to your guys' podcast, I'm thinking about how people are spending their time. Um, and I just think, try to try to envision this protective bubble around you and just know it has nothing to do with you. Because I know in my experience, I spent a lot of time just assuming things that weren't true. And I am very fortunate that I did choose to marry Justin, but I have these like, alternate realities I play out in my head where I didn't, you know, and what would my life have been like? Now I feel like I have this beautiful love of my body and gratitude, even getting so sick this year. I was so grateful to even be alive. I'm like, I don't care if I have a broken body that just gained. I had lost a ton of weight after, before I got sick with meningitis and I was feeling great. And then it's so funny. I like gained it all back. And I'm like, it's because heavenly father just really needs me to keep learning this lesson that it doesn't matter what I weigh. Like I'm just going to have to keep learning this lesson. But I just think about like, okay, these people and these interactions they're going into, when you carry yourself with confidence, I kind of laugh. I'm like, if I were to take everything I know now and go back to my single days, I feel like I would like 
date so many people and have so much more fun because I wouldn't be so embarrassed and shameful all the time. Because I understand now the things that are most important are confidence and inclusion. Like if you're the girl who's confident enough to go up and talk to someone, there's so many shy people out there that just don't know what to say to people. I'm like, give me all the confidence I have now. And I want to go back 15 years to just be like, I feel (laughs) like if I could like, what's the word? like test this. I'm like, it's like a theory, but I really feel like I, if I could have the confidence I have now and take it back, I just would do things differently. And I think I would spend my time differently. And, you know, but I just, I really am so, so grateful that I felt I had enough inklings of confidence to move forward in a relationship with Justin, but there were just very strong possibilities. This didn't happen either. And I think about like our life, our family, our relationship, like all this stuff, would I would have missed it all because mm-hmm. I felt fat and unworthy. And I just think at the end of the day, like our heavenly father loves us and we have so much value. And I think it's Satan's influence that would make us believe that we aren't incredible, powerful goddesses. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just think that Satan wants us to believe we have no value and apps. I'm not saying dating apps are bad because I know there's a lot. I know several people who found their person there, but I do think one downside is it does make it very easy to only focus on one thing. Right. Because I think Justin would agree with me. Um, and I, with him that I think if we would have met over an app, a swiping situation, I don't think I would have swiped. Right. (laughs) I would have been like, he's too skinny for me. Pass it all. Like, you know what I mean? She yeah. likes NSYNC. There's no way. <laughs> well, and I love what you're saying there because I, I feel like a lot of times when we're dating, we look at the dates totally wrong. We look mm-hmm. at the dates as a way to receive validation and, yes. you know, to feel good about ourselves instead of looking as it a, as a way to have connection with other people. So if totally. we switch that mindset when we're going on a date to I'm not going there to be validated and to make myself, you know, to find worth from the other person. I'm going there to connect with someone and learn about someone and yeah. make friends and make those connections with another human being and see if we connect. That's what the point of a date is. And if you can switch that mindset, I feel like that will totally take it away from the mindset of what does this person think of me all the time? Because you're not there to see what they think of you. You're there to see what you think about them and learn about them and meet yeah. a totally new person. And you get stuck in these ego traps where you think you can control what other people think of you and you actually have no control over it, right? Like, I think it's one of the biggest illusions that you, and that's actually something, even as someone who does what I do online, sometimes I feel all this pressure. I'm like, well, I don't want people to think this, so I'll say this, or I don't want people to think that, so I'm going to say this, like I I have any control over it. Okay, so if there's 130,000 people that follow me on Instagram, there's 130,000 people out there walking around with a different idea of who I am. And Mm -hmm. because they are bringing every interaction you have with a human, whether in person or online, you're bringing everything, your entire life experience to that interaction. And when I show up, even though I can be as authentic as I am, there will be key parts of me existing as I am that will either help us connect or will completely turn you off to me. You know, like there will be something that someone will say or do that will remind them of something that happened in their past. And I just think instead of being overwhelmed by like, I have to control 130,000 people's impression of me. It's like, I actually have no control of that. The only thing I can do is show up, 
be confident in who I am. And I just have to trust the people that are meant for me will fall, stay here. And the people who won't will fall away. And that's okay. That's okay. Because that had nothing to do with me. It was that recipe, that interaction, right? There's so many different versions of us walking around essentially. And I know I have, I mean, I know I have opinions about people I've never met that I've seen on the internet that are probably wildly inaccurate, but it's based off a few things that I have seen that I've assumed, right? And so um, I just remember one thing my dad uh, talked about when I was a kid that I wish I would have applied more in the dating world than I did because I think you bring up a really, really good point about how we go into dates for validation. We want to feel better. But my dad would always say, you can learn more about a person in 30 minutes by asking them questions about themselves than you'll ever get by making them learn about you, right? And I feel like we go on these dates where we're like trying to impress them. Like, look at me, look at what I've done, look at my accomplishments. Like, I love how you said, like seeking for that validation. Or instead, if I were like approaching a dating situation, like I want to get in and get to know this person as well as I can. And it's actually going to help me cut through the crap of dating because I'm just going to find out the more I ask you, the more I'm going to learn about you and the quicker I can make an, an assessment if this is all worth my time or not. You know what I mean? No, really, yes. um, And I really, it's been kind of fun while I've been sick. I've been in bed watching so much TV. It's a little gross, but um, I've watched like so many seasons of Married at First Sight. And I think there's a genius to it. That I was, I've kind of, I joke about it, but I'm like, the church should have not a required, but an optional matchmaker calling where like the (laughs) teacher, (laughs) I just feel like the re like, obviously I'm joking, but the cool thing about that show is it took older singles who've been dating for a very long time that were very exhausted and they had experts, um, you know, like therapists and pastors and all the stuff that would interview all these men and women. And they'd basically go through the list and be like, okay, the things he said he wanted, she has, and the things she said she wanted, he has, and they would expertly match these couples. And they were always couples that lived in the same city. A lot of the marriages, they actually have a really high success rate on that show. Um, because they are expertly matched people who have the same values and ideals and like goals. And when you put that together, but a dating conversation, especially if you're going into a date, looking for validation, how often do you get to the core of like what you're interested in and what matters to you? You know what I mean? And so I joke about that show, but I really do think there's a stroke of genius to it where people who are exhausted and tired of dating someone's done all the work and basically interviewed thousands of men from your city. And they're just picking the ones that they think are actually a decent fit for you. <laughs> I, I think it's a question of like, when did this, you know, feeling women not feeling adequate, when did this start? Cause I, I look back to my parents hung up pictures of like our pioneer ancestors and I look at those couples and I look at the women and, and sometimes I can't tell if the woman is a woman or a man, just because how grizzled and pioneery they look. Because back then you didn't marry, you didn't just go find some pretty girl to marry her. You found someone who's going to be your, your partner for life and like a companion to work and to survive. And I think as as time goes on, they just try to sell it as it has to be all about this like superficial beauty thing. And that's what it's all based on. And I can, it's sad because right now I can think of probably that I know personally, probably about 20 girls right now who are single and awesome and should probably be dating somebody. But at the same time, I can't think of you. If you said, do you have any guys to set up? I'd be like, I have, I don't know. Like, I have maybe one or two guys that I know that I can set up with people because I think so many, like so many girls are out there ready to date and ready to marry. But I think a lot of guys are just, they're holding on to this impossible idea. Um, 
and you know part of that i think is sadly with this generation um guys when they get exposed to pornography and all these other things they get these unrealistic real uh ideas of what women are supposed to look like and be um and it puts a lot of pressure on me as a father i've got three sons and i i i am after working in a junior high and a high school and seeing how kids interact and what they do it's a lot of pressure for me to raise these boys the right way to marry a girl for being a good person not every girl has to necessarily be a cover model on a magazine but the, find someone that you're in love with and that you can spend your life with and work together to make a good marriage. That's what it's all about. But I think as the world pushes us more towards this worldly view of everything just has to be about super good looks and that's it to be successful. I think it, it leaves a lot of damage in its wake. Cause there's a lot of, like I said, I can think of 20 girls right now who are awesome and should probably be married to somebody, but they're not getting any dates. And I, I don't know why, but you know, back in the, my ancestors' time, they probably would have been snatched up and married before they crossed the plains, just like that, because they're a good person and they could work hard. I think it's interesting because we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially in our culture. Just the comparison is a thief of joy type thing with social media and with, you know, everything being so virtual nowadays. We almost shut ourselves down and take ourselves away from those opportunities before we even have the chance. Like you were saying, almost with, with Justin, you almost didn't even date him. And so okay. I wonder how many times there's girls or even guys, because guys have body image issues too, who mm-hmm. say that I could never be with her um, because she would never date me because of this or this or this. And so they don't even take that chance. They don't even try. I mean, a lot of our listen- listeners have heard Jerry and I's story. And when I asked him out on a date, I was wearing a leggings, a baggy t-shirt and had zero makeup on. My hair was still wet because I had just gotten out of the shower. And I did not look my best. You know, I looked, <laughs> I always tell him I looked kind of ratchet. <laughs> and, but I figured in my mind, I'm like, what's the worst he can do? He can say no. And then I, I just move on with my life. And so that's what I did. And he said yes. So I think if I would have in that moment said, oh, well, I don't look good enough to ask a guy out on a date. So I won't even bother. I would have missed yeah. out on this whole life and this whole relationship that, I have now. And it makes me sad to think because I probably would never have run into him ever again because he went to BYU and lived on student housing. And we had zero friend circles that were similar, nothing that would have brought us together. I wasn't on dating apps. I wouldn't have found him that way. I don't think he was either. And so it was one of those once in a lifetime moments that I just had to be brave enough and put my, be willing to put myself out there despite my insecurities and just take a shot at it. And if they he rejected me, then that rejection is a redirection to a different route. And I just need to accept that and roll with it. Yeah. Brianna definitely knows that I've never been the type that's been like concerned about my, my body image. She's seen me when I was super fit gym and she's seen me when I've been chunky dad and she's seen me (laughs) back and forth. (laughs) And no matter what, like I'm, I've been in public in several occasions, like wearing pajama onesies in the store. (laughs) (laughs) And I even proposed to Brianna in a onesie. Oh my goodness, we don't need to talk about that. In a, in a store, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that idea is just a statement of my mindset of, I don't really care like what's happening around me or what somebody else thinks. And that I, it took a little bit for me to get to. I wasn't that way in high school. But yeah. moving into the mission, into college, I've kind of moved past this idea of, man, why the heck does other people get to decide you know, how I feel about myself? Yeah, I totally. get to decide how I feel about myself. Or even better, not what other people think about you, but what you think other people think about you. Because yeah. a lot of yeah. times you'll ask someone or you'll say with a picture like, oh, I looked, 
I was so much heavier in that picture. I'll say comments like that to Jerry sometimes every once in a while, and he'll be like, I didn't even notice that, you know? You <laughs> or like, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I look so, I look so big in this dress. And he'll be like, I thought you looked great. You know, and a lot of times we kind of project these images of who we think we are onto other people and say that this is how they feel about us when it's really us just tearing ourselves down when it comes down to it. Yeah. And so people, people need to realize the power of the mind and mm-hmm. realize, realize the choices and a lot of the decisions we make are a mental or mental or psychological thing. And one thing that really comes to mind and a talk that I really love by Elder Bednar is that talk about choosing not to be offended. Mm-hmm. And once you start to realize that taking offense like is a choice, it can really change your perspective, right? That's Jerry's golden word is yeah. we need to change our perspective on on this concept because it's not me who should feel shame if someone makes comments about my body. You know, I hadn't seen my family in years. I went back to San Diego and like five of them at first sight pointed at my gut and said like, look, you have a belly now and laughed and they laughed <laughs> at my expense, yeah. you know, and to them, that's funny to me. I kind of laugh with it, but inside I'm just like, okay, like yeah. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Like if that's what you need to do, obviously it was for them to have some kind of validation that they're less mm-hmm. heavy than me. And like, I don't know what that's about, you know, but I chose not to be offended and, you know, if anyone's going to be critical about themselves or or learn about themselves, it needs it needs to be you. And so, mm-hmm. of course, like if we're if we're a little bit heavier or overweight, even myself, which I know I am right now, I don't see that as a, a means to fit in with a social norm is that's the reason why I need to change. If anything, I want to change that because it's for health benefits. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of healthy reasons why, you know, I would want to lose weight and things like that. It shouldn't be because somebody laughed and pointed like at my belly, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like to say, I don't have a dad bod. I have a father figure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I have a question. So from you, your experience, Ashley, how would you advise our listeners who are just really struggling with these body image issues and it's holding them back from going on dates and, you know, putting themselves out there and feeling comfortable being on dating apps? What would be steps they could take to improve their their body image and, and improve their self-love? What are some like steps that you could lay out that they could do to help themselves? Okay. So I think first of all, that, that thing I shared earlier of separating your worth from your appearance and your, you know, just knowing that they're separate and knowing that your appearance is going to change. You're absolutely going to get older. There's things that are going to happen to you that you can't, you know, control those things change, but your worth stays the same. Look for the things about yourself that you are very confident in and just play those up, you know, and that does not have to be physical appearance. If you're really smart or you know something really well, or you're really great at talking to people or whatever it is, just focus on the things that you're confident in. And honestly, if you're in a place, because I have coached people before who can't even think of one thing that they are good at call people who love you and ask them what they think you're good at call even if it's your mom or your best friend or someone and just say what is something good about me like I'm at a low place right now I need some help like what's something you love about me um because there will be people who listen to it who are like well there's nothing there's just people who get that low you know and so yeah finding things that can make you feel more confident um, having goals that are not appearance focused, like achieving things, working toward goals are, is important. And I also think continually improving yourself is a great way to make sure that, 
um, you're staying happy. You know what I mean? You don't need to sit around and wait to be married to be happy. You can be happy right now, today, doing things that light you up, chasing goals that are important to you, um, surrounding yourself with people that matter to you and that you matter to them. I just think that like we kind of can get in a weird place where we just sit around and wait for, you know, marriage and happiness to find us. And I think since we are all married, we can like attest to like, not all your problems are solved when you get married. It actually just opens a whole new can of things you have to figure out and a whole new life you get used to. And of course it's a wonderful blessing, but I do think that like sitting around and waiting is not healthy or fun for anyone. Like go do things that you love and that you care about. There will you know, be a time where you won't have the freedom that you have. So just kind of soaking up those fun times, looking for things to be confident in um, is really important. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And for those who are trying to work on themselves, how do they find that healthy balance of working on themselves, maybe working on their health, but mm-hmm. also keeping within that safe, I guess you could say bounds of, of not becoming all about their weight or all about their looks? Yeah. I have like a whole, um, digital program on this. Like it's called better body love and it's how to love and care for your body from the inside out. And I, you know, it's a big, huge thing, but basically I would say you start with the inside first. You can't, of course you want to take as good care of your body as possible, but you can't approach any type of health goals with shame. So if you're coming at something from a place of like, I'm so ugly, I'm so hideous, I need to do this. So I aren't, so I'm not so fat, not whatever. It's never going to work. But what I did, what my process looked like was coming to love and accept my body as it was, be grateful for the things that had done. And when you get to a place where you really do love and care about your body, you're able to make changes for your health because you love your body, not because you hate it. And then I think any changes that you make fueled with love instead of shame is totally okay. And it's something that can last longer too. So I I look at my experience, I've gained and lost weight so many times in my life and it's always been shame fueled, you know, go to the gym, you ate too much, you gained too much, blah, blah, blah. But the really beautiful thing about the weight loss that I had in the last two years, I'd had all my kids and I was just really finely, and I'd worked on like my, how I felt about myself on the inside. And I knew my value had nothing to do with my weight. And I got to a place after a couple of years where I really felt like I could attempt, you know, losing weight and getting healthier again, but it was done from that place of love. I wanted to care for my body. And it was a really great process when it wasn't shame fueled, when I just was like, okay, my body needs fuel. I want to live as long as I possibly can. I want to be able to have more energy to hike with my children. Like when I thought about it like that, I was able to get really healthy. And then even on the flip side, when I got really sick and I was in bed and in the hospital for, or I was in the hospital for like a week, but I was in bed for months afterward, I couldn't move. And I gained all this weight because I was in bed all day and I wasn't active anymore. And I wasn't able to eat the certain way that I wanted to. I also gained weight from a place of love. Like I knew that it was impossible for me to eat the way I had been eating and be active while I was healing from meningitis. And so gaining weight also was a privilege for the first time ever doing it from a place of this is what my body needs right now. Like I knew my body needed to heal and my body needed to rest and it was going to take a long time. And I knew I was going to gain weight 
but I was okay with it because, and I'm sitting here okay with it right now because I know I did what I had to do to take care of my body. And at that time, the only thing my body really needed was so much rest and so much medication. You know what I mean? Like I was doing what I needed to, to keep myself alive with the medication and with the rest. And so I can look at that whole experience and I can know even now sitting in a body that is, you know, overweight again, I'm like, I did, but I had to stay alive at the time. And I'm grateful my body kept me alive. Like there's, we had a really bizarre year where I lost several people, you know, one of Justin's best friends died. There's been three or four people in like the influencer space that I'm connected with that have passed away this year of cancer and random, um, just, I forget, what are they called with the brain aneurysms? Like there's just been all these random things and I'm just like, okay, I'm just grateful to even be alive right now. And I want to show gratitude for heavenly father keeping me here right now. And I don't know what'll happen tomorrow, but like, I really want to focus on that gratitude. And so it's just, it's really a beautiful experience doing, t- approaching my body with love. You know what I mean? Cause for mm-hmm. about three decades, I started dieting when I was eight years old. So for like 25 years, essentially, I was shaming my body constantly and always mad at it and always doing these crazy diets and extreme things. But then, like I said, in the last like five or six years, I really just had this turnaround of like, that's just stuff that doesn't matter. So approaching it all from a place of love really changed it. So it sounds like a big, a big takeaway for this podcast. And what I want everyone to to hear and kind of feel is a lot of the reasons that we feel body shame for ourselves or what we allow the people do to us is because we are misplacing our personal value. So if we do better at understanding and placing our value as a person and as a child of God, we'll focus less on how our body image brings us value. And I think this not only applies to those who struggle with body image as well, but those who are pretty confident in themselves. I feel like a lot of them hate dating because they do that thing that we talked about where they put the validation in the dating instead of going and seeking out connections. So it ties back to worth. Dating and and the struggle always ties back to worth. and, And I feel like what you just shared with us this past you know year could have been a lot worse than it was if you would have allowed yourself to spiral and to loathe yourself and your body for going through this struggle that you went through and it's really cool that you were able to turn this into something more as a way to prove to yourself how much you love your body and how much you appreciate it and how much growth you've made over these years and it became something more about growth and and healing rather than hating and you know, being stagnant, I guess you could say. And that's, I think that's really beautiful in and of itself. And I also don't want to have people think that the only thing we're talking about here is body weight, because I feel like a lot of this subject kind of tends to be about weight. And we've talked about weight a lot right now, but this isn't just about weight. This is people who wake up saying, I wish I didn't have all these freckles on my face, or I wish my hair was a different, I wish my hair was straight instead of curly. I wish I had blue eyes instead of green eyes. I wish, I wish, I wish something else other than who you are right now and trying to take away your individuality. I feel like that's so true. And even people who we think are perfect and have everything that they should have in all the right places also have body image issues. So it's so much deeper than that. And it goes back to like you were talking about knowing your worth. That's one thing we talked about in a previous episode was 
the scripture, uh, the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. It doesn't have any anything after that that has certain qualifications you need to meet in order to have your worth of your soul be great. <clears throat> Excuse me. It literally just says every every soul is is of great worth, no matter what. And yeah. if we tie our worth to God, we'll always walk away feeling loved and important and special and unique and, and incredible and the amazing people that we all are and we're uniquely made to be. All right. Well, I think that's about wrapping up this podcast here. And I really enjoyed this experience being able to talk more about, you know, body body image and what that means and and our value as as a person. And so to close, how can we connect or find each of you guys on social media or if our listeners wanted to reach out and learn more about the coaching programs that you offer, like Better Body Love and all of those things, how can they find out more about that? The Instagram is the best place to get a hold of me. Instagram is the best place to get a hold of me. It's just Ashley Rose Reeves. Um, Justin, he doesn't really have like he you can find him on my Instagram. I tag him sometimes, but he doesn't really have like a professional Instagram right If you want to follow me on Instagram, you'll get some great information about Sasquatches and videos of me playing guitar. That's about <laughs> all you're gonna get. All right. Thank you so much for giving us that information. Again, we really enjoyed having you guys on. And for everyone who's listened to this podcast, we really hope that you're able to take away something from this. Everybody deals with this in some way or form. I remember we did a poll on our Instagram at one point, Brianna. What was that poll asking question? It was 98% of people struggle with body image issues or self-love issues out of all of our listeners. 98%. So if you're feeling alone, you are definitely not. You're 98% not. <laughs> and we need to be more in that 2%. Like bring that number way down so that we can be able to not let our body image stop us from finding happiness and, and finding love. Because just as we saw, you know, with Justin and Ashley today and and even I guess in Brianna and I situation with, with the MTC window, like we, we just can't project our own feelings onto other people to automatically assume what other people think of us. So bring your best self, bring who you are, bring your personality and come as you are. And let other people decide that that value that they see in you is worth keeping in their life. Because you are enough. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.